0: kelly show let's have some fun on a friday and ask dr jesse friday we have uh more vaccine push stuff we have hollywood spreading out across america that's not good uh, the right is ripping itself apart. We'll dig into that tonight and we have Ask Dr. Jesse Question after Ask Dr. Jesse Question. I asked and you delivered. You can continue sending your questions throughout the show. That's fine. Jesse at jessiekellyshow.com. Gosh, I love Fridays. There's something there's something special in the air on Fridays. And you know what that something is? Me. What, Chris? We can have fun. Let's get right into your Ask Dr. Jesse questions today. Jesse, your show is awesome. See, already starting out right, Chris. He's already accurate as can be, in all seriousness. All right. It's great to have news I want to consume. As a R, I need more entertainment that that is free from libs, but all we have is a couple news platforms. We don't just need the first or Daily Wire we need production companies on our side to create unique right-wing entertainment, so on and so forth. Why can't we? Uh, why can't conservative states form their own sports leagues? I would watch sports again if I knew it was free of commies. If we do movies as Republicans, I'd love to see you star in a film. Maybe you play George Washington in a historical film. Just saying. Well. I obviously should be the one who plays George Washington, but let's actually address this issue. Yes, he's shorter than me. Chris, everyone's shorter than me, but I think he was six feet tall or six, two, or something like that, if I remember right. Uh, back to this question. I get this question a lot about the current state of America because I have an article right here about Hollywood production companies and so on and so forth. I'll get to them in a minute. We already are. Doing things that you talked about in here as far as different Hollywood productions and different movies and stuff like that. You just don't see a ton of it yet. What do I mean by that? Well, the big films out there right now, many, 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 many of the big films, the the new Hollywood blockbusters, they're either losing money or the only way they can make money on it is go sell it in China. That's why you're seeing a new market emerge. Again, capitalism is still a very, very, very powerful force in the end. You're starting to see a lot of separate Christian-based movies out there with enough funding to get major, major, major actors and talented directors and talented producers in there. You've got actors like Dennis Quaid starring in half of these things. Dennis Quaid is not cheap. Dennis Quaid, you're writing a big fat check to Dennis Quaid. You're already getting it. It's just going to happen slower than you or I want it to happen. Now, as far as alternate sports leagues, I'll get to that in just a moment. But if you're, this is going to really apply if you're a parent, but even if you're not, it's really hard to entertain your kids in traditional ways we're used to now. When I say entertain your kids, not that I think it's your job as a parent to entertain your kids. Go outside and play is the best entertainment for them. But you know what I'm talking about. You and I grew up doing what? At least me. uh, Let's go down to Blockbuster on Friday as a family. Pick out a couple movies to watch. Is this one rated R? Uh Uh-oh. Hope there aren't any dirty scenes in it. That'll be awkward with mom and dad. You know what I'm talking about. Let's get this comedy. Let's get that. What do you guys want? And those were good times. Or and I've talked about this before. When I was a kid, and I'm not exactly ancient, I'm 40 years old, my cousins would come over to the house, aunts, uncles, and cousins would come over to the house. This is before we moved to Montana. And we had a basement in our house. And that's really because, I mean, it was more of just an unfinished basement, but it had a couch and a little TV down there. And once the kids were called inside at dark, That's where we went. The adults all stayed upstairs, played games, whatever they did. Kids would all go downstairs and we would go downstairs and we would watch television, normal network television. I still remember. I think it was on ABC if I remember right, but it was TGIF. Thank God it's Friday. And their Friday night lineup was something you could sit your kids in front of and then leave. It was a full house. Remember that show? The three dads raising the daughters, all about trying to raise them right and do the right thing, and t- them taking on life's challenges, and all about morals and things like that. And Family Matters was on there. Remember with the black guy from the first Die Hard? Uh, what the heck was his name? I forget his name, but it was a black family, and he was a cop, and they were always facing life's challenges. Do you steal? Do you What's right? What's wrong? Bullies, things like that. It was all values. It's why I've tried to stress to people on the right. What's happened is on the right, we've gotten so embittered towards entertainment because they're all against us, they all hate us, that we've tried to convince ourselves it doesn't matter, but it does. It does. A critical part of any culture is that culture's entertainment. Whatever that whatever form that entertainment has ever taken, whether it be music, or, or plays, or in many old societies, just storytelling. Somebody sits in front of a crowd and just tells a story about something. Part of your culture will be built from that because people are learning what is good, what is bad. Well, what, what, what does this culture want out of me? What doesn't it want out of me? Well, where we are now as a country is I wouldn't sit my kids in front of any network television in a million years unless I was sitting there in the room. And frankly, I don't do it at all. I mean, I never do it. period when I am in the room. Why? Well, it's not enjoyable for me if I have to have my hand on the television remote at all times, not just for garbage content from the show itself, but since corporate America is against us now. No, I don't want my son seeing the new Gillette ad about a father shaving his trans son. No, that's not, that's not cultural entertainment to me. That's not healthy. That's degeneracy. We don't have to promote that. We don't have to promote that garbage of parents manipulating and abusing their kids and being all twisted up and thinking all kinds of different things. And now these kids are all on antidepressants and drugged out and messed up. It's terrible for society. Terrible. So I can't do that now. You can't do that now. And the problem is you and I want, like like this person, you and I want something better, right? We want something better. I just want to go see a movie where there's a good guy and a bad guy and it's good versus evil and it's right and it's wrong. And I don't have that anymore. You don't have that anymore. But because you don't have that anymore and you want that, there is slowly but surely emerging a market for it, a real market for it. These smaller production houses now, not everything major, these smaller production houses, the budgets on these movies are getting bigger and bigger and bigger the more people go see them because listen, in the end, dollar signs matter. They matter a lot. What happened was people like you were getting so disgusted with the content Hollywood was putting out. That you would go see some low budget film about right and wrong or Christianity or something like that. You would go see it. And so the film would have a $10 million budget, which is nothing. They release it in theaters and oh my gosh, this thing grows $60 million. And so those budgets now are not 10 anymore. These are starting to be bigger budget films, and you're still going to see them. That is why, and I cannot stress this enough. That is why you and I have got to be much, much, much more purposeful with where we spend and do not spend our money. And I cannot stress this enough. I am just as guilty as you, if not more so, at screwing that up, at failing on that. I'm trying to get better every single day, but I still screw it up from time to time. We must be purposeful, purposeful. And that sucks, right? Because who wants to be purposeful with what you do for fun? Half the point of fun is I don't want it to be purposeful. I'm not at work anymore. What do I mean by purposeful? I'll tell you in a 2nd got an animal inside of me. This is Jesse Kelly. You're listening to The Jesse Kelly Show. It is the Jesse Kelly Show. We are having fun on an Ask Dr. Jesse Friday, as we always do. You and I, the question was about Hollywood and whatnot. You and I be more purposeful with our money. What does that look like? Well, look, it wasn't long ago. I canceled Disney. Now, let me clarify something. I didn't do right. It's that I had been doing wrong for a long time. It wasn't, it wasn't exactly news to me that Disney is a f- now, sadly, a far-left company. Far, far-left. They'd been putting out far-left cultural Marxist garbage for a long time. But I, doing wrong, I kept Disney Plus on in my house. In case you're not aware, Disney Plus is that streaming channel I kept it on in my house. Why? I enjoy the superhero movies, and they were all on there. My kids love them. I enjoy watching old Star Wars stuff. I enjoy watching this new series or that new series, and my kids enjoyed it too. And because I enjoyed it, I chose to be a failure. I chose to turn a blind eye to it. It's fine. It's not bad. It's the Avengers. We have to watch the Avengers. How could I not watch the Avengers, right? What would my life be without the Avengers? And then finally, during all that insane critical race theory nonsense that people have been looking into recently, finally we found out about the internal employee training that was going on at Disney, teaching white people how evil they were and whatnot. And I came home that day and I said... Cancel Disney. Now, we cancel Disney+. Plus. Don't applaud me for that. I should have canceled Disney+, Plus a long time ago. You know what happens when you don't do things like that? And remember, I'm not lecturing you. I'm guilty. You fund the destruction of your country. Isn't that sad to think about? When you take a step back and think about all these corporations who have lined up against you, how many of them are you funding? It'd be like it'd be like yelling at the arsonist to stop burning down your house while you're bringing him piles of gasoline. That's what it would be like. Stop burning down my house, scumbag. Oh, here's another gallon. That's what it that's what you and I do when we fund these people. So, being more purposeful. You and I being more purposeful. What movies are you going to see? What's the theme of these movies? And remember, I'm not judging you. I'm not looking down on you. I've gone to all of them. I've funded all the ones I shouldn't have. What, what movies are you and I going to see? When you decide to go to the movies, taking the family out, popcorn, little soda, some Sour Patch Kids, when you're taking the family out on Friday, Saturday night, are you taking them out to the new Hollywood blockbuster cartoon that's going to tell them that transgender the way to go? If you are, then you make the same mistake I made. I forget what one it was came out recently. I, I even knew about it beforehand, and I did it anyway. It was there. there was a a huge breakthrough in Hollywood as 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 uh, Pixar. I think it was. Hope I'm right about that. As Pixar introduces the first lesbian to children. I went to the movie. I paid for it. I funded it. Not happy about it. Not proud of myself. I walked out of there and haven't done one like that since. I walked out of there feeling something that I didn't think a sociopath like me was capable of feeling. I felt ashamed. I won't do it again. But what decisions are you making? And you brought up sports. And this hurts. And this is going to be right between the eyes. What sports are you still watching? Because this is what I saw last year. Now, I'm the hugest football fan in the world, but when last year happened, all this America sucks, kneeling for the flag, Black Lives Matter filth, took over sports, when spreading the lie that cops are hunting down black men across America, when that became commonplace in sports, I turned sports off. But you know what I saw last year? This is what I saw. I saw the NFL diving headlong into all this garbage, and I saw everyone on the right, everybody and their brother, say, this is ridiculous. I'm done with the NFL. I won't watch another game. I've had enough of this. And then two weeks later, did you see that pass from Drew Brees? Whoa. Huge day for my fantasy team. I can't wait to go back next week. We're going to tailgate at the game and spend $300. Go team. Okay. You know, I'm not judging you. I'm not lecturing you. How much do you believe what you believe, though? I mean, the guy brought up alternate sports leagues. I don't think we're going to get alternate sports leagues. Not yet. That'll eventually come whenever we split up into two different countries. But how purposeful are you with your money? How purposeful am I with my money? We're making mistakes. We should be freezing these Marxist companies out of society. I don't care how communist they are. We should be stressing their financial bottom line. And in some cases, we are. In some cases, it's already happening. So don't get me wrong. This is not all down and out. I was talking to a guy recently about America's morning shows. Not sports or anything like that, but like, good morning, America, all that. And they are in a situation where very, very shortly... They're going to have to completely alter the programs or fire people. Why? The television ratings have been nosediving with these programs for a while. They've all become these left-wing lecture centers, right? America sucks and all these other things. Well, people are slowly but surely and rightfully changing the channel. When people change the channel, ratings go down. When ratings go down, advertisers began to look at that TV network and say, Hey, ABC, why am I being charged $1,000 a commercial? I'm just making up that number, by the way. That's not even close to right, but why am I being charged $1,000 per commercial when hardly anybody calls my phone now? You see, you're still charging me what you used to charge me, but you have one-fourth, you have a quarter as many viewers You're going to have to charge me less or I'm walking. When advertisers leave or advertisers renegotiate for a lower price, changes must be made. Keep changing the channel. Ladies, I'm going to talk to you here for a moment. Look, my wife and I have had the same conversation. And it's not like I I went home and I ordered her to turn this off. But we've had the same conversation. Ladies, if you stay at home, that's fine. Good. As we talked about yesterday, we'll get into that again tonight. Good for you. That's fine. Do you have the Today Show on in the background? Do you have Good Morning America just as background noise on in the background? Change the channel. Turn it off. Turn on some music. Watch something else. Not because I think you're wrong or evil or, or they're going to be able to manipulate you. That's not what I'm saying. I would never say that at all. Change the channel if you want the garbage content on TV to change. If you want sports to change, I know you love it. I know you love your team. I love my team. Change the channel. The ratings are going down. Make sure they go down even more. Punish the people who are trashing your country. If you want changes, then make them happen. And again, I'm pointing to myself too. How much do you believe what you believe? Do you believe in it enough to not watch the NFL next year? Well, if you can't turn off football to help save your country, maybe you don't care enough to save your country. All right, we got some Hollywood information next. Hang on. It is the Jesse Kelly Show on an Ask Dr. Jesse Friday. Oh, gosh. Hollywood production companies fleeing California for tax friendly New Mexico. Hang on a second. We'll get to that in a minute. I have to do a couple housekeeping items. Hold on, Chris. Is it housekeeping or house cleaning? <laughs> Chris, that's not right. I'm not even, you know what? I'm not even going to repeat what Chris said because I don't want to get him in trouble with everyone else couple housekeeping items. There are no guests tonight on an Ask Dr. Jesse Friday. In case you're new to the Jesse Kelly show, the week's heavy enough, is it not? The week is heavy enough on Fridays. There are no de- there are no guests. It's all about you. We answer your questions that you email to the show all week long. Any of them. They don't have to be political. They certainly can be anything. History, jobs, college, men, women, whatever you want to ask. Food, because you know I'm the menu whisperer. We'll get to that. Don't roll your eyes, Chris. I'm the menu whisperer. So email whatever you want to talk about to the show. Jesse at com. We'll keep having some fun. The history podcast. There it, Normally it would be dropping today. As you well know, I do a separate history podcast once a week. That might still happen today. It might not. We're having a little technical issue. It's a long. It's a long story. We're coming up with a separate feed for the history podcast. It'll still be in the this normal feed if you if you go get the podcast. So don't worry. It'll still be in the one you you're, you're you're used to. But we're creating a separate one for it too for people who only like the history, only out there looking at history. So if you want history presented to you in a non-America sucks way. That's what we do once a week. That's just, a, uh, that's just something I do that I love. Like We don't make any money off that or anything like that. I just made them put it in my contract that I get to do it and they can't stop me. And they were so great about it when I signed with Premiere. They were so great about it. They're facilitating the whole thing. They're like, not only can you do it, we want you to do it. Go ahead. We'll, we'll help you out with it. So they couldn't possibly have been cool about that. It's unbelievable they let me do whatever I want. Hollywood production companies are moving. They're fleeing California. They've been doing this for a long time, I should note. That's part of the reason Georgia went so blue. A big reason Georgia's got, I shouldn't call Georgia blue. It's bluer, all right? It's bluer than, than, it, than you would think of in the deep south. You think of the south as red. A big part of this is they decided to start courting Hollywood. Hey, come on down, come on down, because Hollywood brings a lot of money. It brings a lot of jobs. Good for your hotels. Good for Good for your economy, period. What were we just talking about, about being more purposeful when you do things like this? And I say this because this applies to me directly. I live in Texas. Our Republican governor, Greg Abbott does this all the time, always inviting these California businesses in. And every time they're successful, he he gets on there and brags, I can't believe we got Hewlett Packard here. That's 2,600 jobs coming to Texas. Be very careful about inviting the wolves into the hen house. Look at Georgia. Georgia, fairly or not, just went for Joe Biden last election. Joe Biden, you look at the the presidential map of America and the South is red. It's all red. And there's Georgia sitting there blue. Wait, what? Well, on top of anything else that may or may not have happened, Georgia went blue because they decided they wanted those Hollywood dollars and they wanted those production studios to come in. And soon, Atlanta became Los Angeles. Atlanta became Los Angeles and now look at that population hub and what it's doing to the great state of Georgia. And I love Georgia. And it's not just because Georgia women have maybe the best accents in America. Georgia is such a beautiful underrated state. Gosh, I love that place. It really sucks. It's going left, but it's going left. Be careful. If you're one of these Republican governors, and I know we have them that listen to the show, be really, really careful how many meetings you take with the chamber of commerce as they come in and sit down and tell you, look, governor, the truth is we need more illegal immigrants into this state. That's one and two. We need Hollywood here. Just look at the bottom line, governor. Oh, don't worry about their ideology or how they're going to vote or anything like that. Look at all the money they're going to bring into your budget. Wouldn't that make you look good? This is a false god the right chases all the time. You can be a capitalist and should be. You can be ambitious if you're a career person and you should be. You should want to get ahead. You should want that. But don't worship money. There's a real cost there. Seems to me I read that somewhere, Chris. Is that a new people's version of the book? Was that Old or New Testament? What, Chris? Is that Old or New Testament? I forget. I don't remember. But either way, it was old, I think. Be very careful worshiping money, governors. Be very, very careful. You invite these Hollywood production companies in, not only are you inviting a company full of Democrats these are purposeful Democrats. Remember, why do you think Hollywood movies have gotten so left-wing and they've turned into such activist pieces of garbage now? Because these are not people who, who just passively believe what they believe. Why do you think Sesame Street has transgenders on there teaching your kids? Nickelodeon too. Why do you think that is? These people, when they're making movies, when they're making TV shows, when they're making music, they sit down. And they feel like they have an obligation to carry the communist message to the United States of America. They are not passive. The communist has many, many horrible things about him. But one thing you can definitely say in his favor, the communist lives a purposeful life. The communist is devout. He worships his God unendingly. They don't look at anything and say to themselves, you know... I should just leave that alone. Why do you think your Democrat friends or Democrat neighbors or Democrat relatives, why do you think they bring up politics at horrible times where they have no place at all? Had that happened to you? I know you have. It's happened to me. You have a big family dinner, sitting down, we're joking, laughing, having fun, kooky aunt nutball. I can't believe Donald Trump and who here isn't vaccinated? Wait, wait, what? No, it's Thanksgiving. What? Happens to me all the time in my neighborhood. As you can can imagine, Texas suburbs, it's a very Republican neighborhood, and it's a very close neighborhood. We're always getting together for something. Either we're throwing cornhole or horseshoes, or we're having big pool parties, July 4th parties, all this other stuff. But there's some Democrats in there. We're all sitting around talking about kids and life and jobs and economy and everything else. Who's the person who has to come rolling up? I can't believe Donald Trump. What an evil monster. Whoa, 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 whoa. We're not doing that here. You know, I don't talk politics unless people bring it up to me when I'm not at work. You believe that? I just don't do it. Now, because of what I do, inevitably my friends are going to bring it up to me and ask my opinion. And and that's okay. But I I don't want to talk about politics when I'm not on the air. I am going to talk about other things. I talk politics all day long. But of course... They're always bringing it up at times when it's not appropriate. Why? They don't think about politics the way you and I think about politics. It's their religion. They can no more set it aside than you can set aside your God. They don't look at life in that way. They would never look at a neighborhood party and say to themselves, oh, you know, probably not the best time to bring up abortion. I'll leave that alone. They don't think like that. They wouldn't write a Hollywood movie and say to themselves, see, if you wrote a Hollywood movie, I bet you, buddy, you would say to yourself, you know, let's just make sure this is entertaining. Let's make sure it makes people's day better and it's a good movie and then we'll make a bunch of money and it'll be awesome, right? They don't think like that. They they wouldn't consider writing one with just entertainment in mind. They sit down and write one. They want to make sure you're getting communism beamed into your eyes and your ears They don't write Sesame Street and say, it's for the kids. Maybe we should leave that alone. They don't think in those terms. You do. I do. But we must understand what we're facing. We have many more Ask Dr. Jesse questions, including a very difficult one about wives. Next. Hang on. Miss something? There's a podcast. Get it on demand wherever podcasts are found. The Jesse Kelly Show. The answer is very simple. The demographics of America are not on the side of the Republican Party. The new voters in this country are moving away from them And now you know why they want the borders open and why they want your kids to spend even two more years in government schools, huh? Because he's right. The demographics are moving away from the right rapidly. That is not good. It is the Jesse Kelly Show on an Ask Dr. Jesse Friday. Don't be holding out for a guest 40 minutes from now. There's no guest. There's no guest Fridays. It's all me, baby. (laughs) You can email your questions to jesse at jessekellyshow.com. As you know, I have a phone number so you can call into the show. I have not given it out yet. And today I thought to myself, you know, Jesse, you're not giving it out today either. And you know why I'm not giving out the phone number? Do you know why I'm not giving it out? It's because I don't trust you yet. I hopefully will get to that point where I trust you. But this is what you're going to do. If I opened up the phones right now, this is what you would do. You would call. You'd actually have an interesting point to make. The, the call screener would would talk to you, and, and, and we'd get an interesting point, and I'd figure out, oh, this person wants to talk about uh, Hollywood or something. And I'd say, oh, that'd be cool. All right, let's go, to, uh, let's go to Barbara online. Barbara, go ahead. And then, with millions of people listening across America, Barbara would get on and say, hi, Jesse. And I'd say, hi, Barbara. I love your show. I know, Barbara. I know. We, we got to move this along here. People are dying out there. You're killing the audience. The audience is turning off the TV. Somebody just dropped the toaster in the bathtub with them because they can't take this anymore. Well, as soon as I trust that you'll be able to call, and as soon as I co, as soon as I say, let's go to John in Memphis. John gets on and says, Jesse, I don't like this thing about Hollywood. I think maybe they should do this thing about Hollywood. What do you think about that? Boom! Now that's a phone call. That's a phone call. Maybe we'll even go back and forth when you do that. But I have an obligation to do what? To lead America? Nope. Do I have an obligation to change conservatism? Nope. And I understand that I will I have a platform now to do some good, trying to do that. I have an obligation to do one thing. Make your day a little bit better for the 15, 20, 30 minutes at a time you listen. That's my only obligation. I can't allow... This small talk on the phone to ruin that. Dear Dr. Jesse, the Shogun Kelly. I was hanging out at home with my wife the other day. When she brought me another bed Heavy, she surprised me with a sandwich. For some strange reason, she decided to put mayo on it. My question is, should this be considered an act of violence and grounds for divorce? He says I can use his name. His name is Roy. You know what it's grounds for, Roy? I'll tell you what it's grounds for. It's grounds for you going to sit down and reexamine your priorities in life if you don't appreciate mayonnaise. What is your problem mayonnaise offers such a nice tang to the sandwich Don't even start with me Chris Chris see Chris is just like you Roy He's one of these anti- mayonnaise zealots and when I order pizza I order ranch with pizza and I dip the pizza in it too Don't shake your head until you've tried it Chris and Chris sits over there and he dry heaves while I shove it into my mouth I'm gonna start I'm gonna start I'm gonna start pouring ranch all over Chris's pizza whenever I order it for the studio and we'll see how hungry he gets. Mayonnaise is a wonderful wonderful. Mayonnaise is better on burgers than ketchup is. Ketchup really shouldn't be anywhere near a burger, and I'm not anti-ketchup. I'm okay with ketchup. Mayonnaise is wonderful. Your wife did you a favor. She's trying to enlighten your taste buds like me, Jesse, the menu whisperer, Kelly. If you can't see that she was doing that out of love, I say you don't deserve her, Roy. Dear Dr. Jay Steele, Slave Driver Kelly. Oh, that was the worst story in the world. Chris, what day did we do that story? It was it was a day earlier this week. In case you're wondering what he's talking about, uh, I'll look it up for you. I think it was Wednesday's show. I believe it was Wednesday's show. It was Tuesday or Wednesday. I know that. Tuesday or Wednesday's show, I told a story about the worst time I had ever put my foot in my mouth. And it was I know you're going to listen, and I know you're going to laugh hysterically. It was seriously a dark day. Tuesday or Wednesday, I'll try to get the exact day for you. We, were, Then you'll understand the slave driver reference. Even though you are the most handsome face in radio... See, I like this guy. I've heard you comment periodically about your hair loss. As a fellow incredibly handsome man, I'm also experiencing the recession of my hairline. So, Dr. Jesse, when is the appropriate time to purchase a toupee? When will you go full Frank Luntz and paste on the hair hat? Love the show. He says I can say his name. Kurt from California. All right. One. Fellas, hear me out here. Now, no, I'm not bald or anything like that. I still have a head of hair. What I'm seeing is it's starting to go backwards a little bit starting to retreat back towards my ears just a touch. And at first I thought I was just seeing things. I think it's getting thinner on the top. And my dad is bald. Chris, do you see it? Is it getting thinner? My dad is bald. Now, not completely bald. But, I mean, there ain't much up there. And my grandpas were both bald. They're both dead now. God rest their souls. But they're both bald. Boys, listen to me. You know I'm perfectly willing to criticize women when necessary. Who's been the leader against flats in the United States of America? Me. Who's been the one telling ladies, take your flats, set them on fire, and never think about buying them again? They're the least flattering thing in the history of mankind. Your flats are ugly. And the only reason your girlfriends tell you they're cute is because they want to steal your boyfriend. That's why. So, fellas, you know, I don't, I don't spend my time talking down to men. Guys, pull up a chair. Let's this, just this you and Jesse talk here real quick. It's okay to go gray. It's okay to go bald. Just own it. Just own it. And when your hair starts getting thinner, when you start going bald, the balder you get, the shorter your hair gets. Let it get short. Shave it down. Let it go gray. Chicks love it anyway. Women love when you get a little gray in your hair. They love when you go full gray. Leave the toupees and hair dye where they are. Fellas, let it happen. I ain't going to touch mine. Now, I got a Dr. Jesse question about our military. It's one of these kind of future nightmare stories. What if the country descends into civil war? Where would the military stand? I'm going to answer that. Hang on. Jesse Kelly show on an Ask Dr. Jesse Friday. Let's have some fun, but it's about to get dark here for a minute because I've had this question before and let's you and I walk through this again. The question was it was Dr. Jesse. My question is being President Joe Biden is in office. If we have a war on our soil, will our military turn against the USA Constitution and not protect her own people? All right. Let's you and I have a quick talk. I don't want anybody to get hurt ever. Part of the reason I have openly, I mean, openly advocated for a divorce of the United States of America, for us to break up and go our separate ways. Part of the reason is I think if we continue along this path, violence is inevitable. And I don't want to see anyone getting hurt. Nobody. I've seen enough gore and violence in my lifetime. I don't ever want to see it again. So I think we should go our separate ways before we start hurting each other. That's what I've always believed. However, I'm not naive. I don't think we're about to break up tomorrow. Eventually, I think we will because that's the way nations go, especially nations that pull apart. Eventually, we will. But I understand it's not exactly on the horizon. I'm not naive. I'm just simply going to push for it my entire career because I think it's right. I think it's what we should do. As far as the military goes, the right has done this thing for a long time where they said, ah, the military would never go along with it. Oh, they could try this, but the military wouldn't do it. They, The military would never. The military wouldn't. I know my brother's in the military and he wouldn't. Are you ready for this? Are you sure you're ready for this? Yes, they would. Yes, they would. They would. Cops would too. How many cops across America? And you know, I'm I'm not anti-cop, love cops. How many cops across America lost their job because they wouldn't participate in the coronavirus shutdown nonsense? One? I believe there was I know there was one, I don't know if there was two. There's a lot of cops in America. Plus. It actually gets worse. And, man, this is dark. I don't like bringing you down on a Friday, but it's truth. Plus, it gets worse. Maybe you could make the argument, maybe, 20, 30 years ago, the military would actually refuse an order like that if it was ever given. Maybe you could make that argument. I would say not, but at least it would it would have more validity. Why do you think they're going all in the way they are with all this critical race theory nonsense in the military? Why do you think they're doing that? They're trying to purge all of their political opponents from the military. Now, it's not good for the country for a bunch of reasons, but one of those reasons is the type A males, they're leaving the military. They're either leaving, I know because many of them are my friends, they're either leaving or they're not joining to begin with. If you're a 17, 18-year-old patriotic patriotic man, the kind who wants to go over there and fight for this country, you know, the kind the men who save nations, the men who make nations, are you looking at all the news right now and saying to yourself, I want to get in there? Or are you saying, "Ah, I think I'll just go be a lawyer or something." Many men are making that decision already. Not only are we purging out the good ones, We're not getting in as many new good ones. We're getting in losers. We're getting in communists. We're getting in people who want to use the military like some sort of social experiment. That's simply a fact. So I have on occasion made book recommendations on this show. Now, remember, unless it's a guest who's a friend of mine, I don't make book recommendations that do anything for me. I don't make any money off any of these book recommendations at all. They're not sponsored of the show. If I give you one and it's not because of a guest, it's important. Because, you know, I'm not exactly some college nerd here. If I tell you to read a book, that's a big deal. I've told you, if you want to understand private military contractors, if you want to understand Iraq, Afghanistan, Benghazi, and these types of things, if you want to understand how the dark ways the world works sometimes, go get the book Zero Footprint. Since I've been telling people about that book, I've had email after email after email of people saying, oh my goodness, this has opened up my eyes. And again, the author's dead. He ended up dying uh, in Iraq or something like that, I believe. Go get that book. If you want to understand what your future looks like, if it gets bad enough in this country, when it comes to the military and police officers, if you really want to understand, I have another book for you. And I've done this as a history podcast a couple times. Go get the book, ordinary men. The book is called ordinary men. And you're going to pick it up and you're going to see, oh, it's a Nazi book, a Holocaust, Final Solution stuff. That's not what it is. I mean, it is that. It's about that. It's a book about human nature. It's a book about human nature. You like to think about every Nazi in the Holocaust as being some 25, 30-year-old person who hates Jews and wants to die for Hitler and... This book paints a different picture. It paints a picture of a bunch of fat middle, middle aged men, accountants and such reservists guys, not on the front lines, not tip of the spear Nazis working directly for Himmler. A bunch of guys who were, like I said, reservists, they would keep them in the safe areas because they just wanted them to, you know, do some police work in an area where they took over. I just keep law and order, you know, make sure granny doesn't jaywalk, that kind of thing. And then eventually they told these guys to go start rounding up a bunch of Jews in a village. And they said, go out there and shoot them all. And a lot of the guys didn't want to do it. A lot of them didn't want to do it. These are not Jew haters. These are not killers. I forget the exact numbers. I believe it was 400 or so of the men, four or 500 of them. 10 stepped forward and said they wouldn't do it. The rest went out and shot Jews. And they had a bad day the first day, right? Because I know what you're thinking. Oh, that's one one day it was a bad day. Yeah, you're right. They had a bad day. They went back to the barracks that night, got really drunk. There were nightmares. Some guy fired his weapon off. They didn't like it. They didn't ever want to do it again. But they did it again. And then they did it again. And then they did it again and again and again. And they went from not liking it and not wanting to do it to taking quite a bit of pleasure in it. Do not do do not do the normal thing. Do not make the normal mistake when I talk about things like that and say to yourself that was another time, those were demons, those were those were men. Those were normal men and men don't change. That's why the name of the book is Ordinary Men if they purge enough of the good people out of the military and they're doing it rapidly now, and we fill up the military with a bunch of cultural Marxists and some dark day comes, let's hope it's a thousand years from now where some left wing nut job president points at this Marine battalion and says, I don't like that Houston suburb. Go pacify it. They'll go pacify it. They'll follow orders. They'll do things that even make them uncomfortable. Now, I know that was really, really, really dark, and I'm sorry about that. I didn't want it to be really dark, but I told you I answer your questions on this day. I know that's really dark, but it's also really true. Do not make the mistake of thinking that history's monsters are only in history. Man doesn't change ever. That's fact. Back to your emails. Hello, Jesse. Love the show. I'm a 25 year old, big chested conservative male, but not nearly as handsome as you. What, what Chris? He's being honest, but that's neither here nor there. I'm writing for a couple reasons. The first, my parents were recently at a wedding of a very liberal family. The father had actually yelled at my mom one morning because of the, 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 the coronavirus stuff. He goes on to say, he wants to know, should my dad have confronted this guy about politics? Should my dad have brought it up? I'm going to bring that up to you, Andy has a question about conservative media and how and why it makes you feel like garbage sometimes, and I'm going to bring that up too because I actually have some strong thoughts on that, but first and foremost, is there anything better than a soft towel? When you get out of the shower and you have a awesome soft towel, there's nothing better than that. My pillow has the best ones out there because they're made with all USA cotton. But normally, here's the thing. Normally, it's a great towel set, so it costs $109.99. Not right now. Not for my listeners. For a limited time only, if you go to MyPillow.com and you click on the radio listener specials, you can get this thing for $39.99. But you have to use the promo code JESSE. So again, it's a six-piece towel set. Two hand towels, two bath towels, two washcloths It's normally $109.99 You can get it for 39 dollars with me You just have to go to MyPillow.com And use the promo code JESSE Remember what we were talking about earlier? Being more purposeful with your money? How about supporting a company that loves this country And is fighting for this country? That's my pillow. Use the promo code JESSE Enjoy Missed out? Catch up jessikellyshow.com It is the Jesse Kelly Show. The Beach Boys are so underrated, Chris. So underrated. You know, we need more Beach Boys on there. And people mock you. Here's, what, here's the thing about Beach Boys. People want to seem tough or something, so they deny liking the Beach Boys. You know who likes the Beach Boys? Everybody. It's just one of those fans that you don't want to admit it. It'll be on nobody's top five. The Beach Boys is awesome. Back to the question. The question was, should his dad have confronted some crazy liberal at a wedding? Look, you and I have to be more active with what we believe. We do. Now, that's hard for me. Maybe that's easy for you, but it's hard for me. I don't want to be an activist because activists are obnoxious. But we have to be. That's one. Two, that doesn't mean you have to be exactly like the left is. If it's a wedding, if it's not the time and place, let it be. Let it be. Now, he had another question, and I'm going to have to skip over a name here, so bear with me as I as I skip this thing over. <sighs> Additionally, he says, now, he already addressed the earlier part, my mom has become so engrossed by blank guy on in the mornings. He's talking about a radio guy. She gets so worked up after each show, I start listening. And while I agree with the guy's philosophies, I can see a huge portion of his show is to make you mad and work you up. And he's not nearly as funny or good looking as you. I told her to stop listening to this guy as it makes her mad and depressed, but she won't. Any advice? Listen. I don't know that I'm qualified to give anybody radio advice. Remember, I fell backwards into this job. I fell backwards into this job. I, I don't. I've never, I didn't grow up doing radio. I grew up doing construction in a Marine Corps, and then I was I was selling RVs when I fell into this job. I get to. I got to know my mentor, Michael Berry, down here in Houston. Started hanging out, having some bourbons. He's this big shot, nationally syndicated guy. And he says to me, Jesse, I think you could be really special at TV and or radio if you wanted to try it. And so, of course, because I'm an idiot, I quit my job once again without another job and went all in, just went all in, putting up these little stupid YouTube videos and then got a seven to eight o'clock at night radio gig on the local Houston radio station here. Great station, KPRC. And for some reason, people liked it. And this is three years ago. This isn't 30 years ago. It's three years ago. People liked it. They expanded it to five to seven. And I thought that's where I would be forever. You have five to seven doing drive time on KPRC. And I was a happy man. And then a national syndication company, Key Networks, came and snapped me up, said, wow, this thing sounds special. And they put it on, I think, 10, 13 cities. And then the biggest company in radio by a country mile, Premier Networks, came in and said, oh, wow, this thing is really special. We're making this our, this is going to be our, you know, this is our, this is our six to nine Eastern show everywhere. And they they put it on everywhere. This is like two months ago. So I don't know that I'm, I'm the one to hand out radio advice to anybody. Who am I? Who am I to hand out radio advice? I don't know, but I will simply tell you this. I listened to conservative radio for a long time, couple of years. I went through a two year span where I would just consume hours of it a day. I had to do a bunch of driving. I had a construction project I was doing out of town. So I would have something like three or four hours a day in the car. It was pretty brutal. So I would listen to it all the time, all the time. And part of the reason I do the radio show the way I do it is, one, I like to laugh. I like to screw around. I like to have fun. And two, I would find the same thing your mom is finding out, I would find that oftentimes I can spend all day long agreeing with the guy and I'm agreeing with his show and I'm agreeing with his points and I care like he cares and all these other things. But at the end of the day, when the show's done, I feel like crap. I just feel down and and, and nothing is worth living for and everything. I would feel down and terrible. And I just always promised myself as soon as I started doing this, I was not going to do a show like that. And we talk about hard things all the time on this show, right? And we just brought up the Holocaust. We've brought up national divorce. I'm not afraid to tackle hard things. I'm not afraid to address how dark things are right now in the country. I'm not. We're going to talk about it again tonight. I'm not. However, I, I'm a bad person, but I still d- I feel obligated to make sure you don't feel like crap when you're done listening. I want you to enjoy listening. And yeah, we can get passionate about stuff. And yeah, you and I are going to get mad about stuff, and we'll talk through that. But I don't want you at the end of the three hours to have heard nothing but angry ranting and screaming into the microphone for three hours, and then you, you're done, right? You turn off the radio, and you're just in a sour mood because everything's terrible, and there was nothing's good in the world. I won't do it. I won't do it. I will not. If, if I ever found myself doing that, I would feel bad about myself. I would. I would feel like I had been given the opportunity of a lifetime to sit down and talk to you, and I ruined it. I would feel like I was given the opportunity of a lifetime, and instead of making someone's day better, instead I just ruined it all. Chris, I want you to play that clip about Biden on guns again from the other night, because I had something else I wanted to say about it. And then I'll get back to your Ask Dr. Jesse questions. Give me a second. Play that clip from the other night. The idea you need a weapon that can have the ability to fire 20, 30, 40, 50, 120 shots from that weapon, whether it's a 9 millimeter pistol or whether it's a rifle, is ridiculous. I'm continuing to push to eliminate the sale of those things. It's not ridiculous. And I hope these communists understand something. The more you tell people they're Nazis, they're white supremacists, they don't have a place in society, get vaccinated or we'll make you get vaccinated, you shouldn't have a right to vote, but the more you do things like lock up the January 6th people for, for months and months and months, giving them long prison sentences, the more you make enemies of the people on the right the more you're convincing people on the right, they very much do need weapons with that kind of ammo capacity. Why do I have weapons? Well, one, let's just start with this, because it's none of your daggone business why I have weapons. That's one. Two, part of the reason I have weapons, these people scare me. I read history books. I am well aware, well aware, these people were, will hurt me if they're allowed to. I'm not saying that just because I'm trying to gin up some kind of fake outrage. History says they will. Uh, I'm going to keep my weapons. I'm going to keep buying more. Just picked up some more on Sunday. I'm going to keep buying ammo. These people were never getting that from me. Not ever. Dear Jay Steele III, oh, I forgot when I wanted to be a second or third. I'm not actually the, the second or third or junior or anything. I just have always admired that, so I've decided I'm adding that to the back of my name. Dear, dear Jay Steele III, Esquire, a.k.a. the Big Handsome, <laughs> how does it feel to destroy a candidate's chances for becoming governor of Texas? Vegetarian pizza Chad had my vote up to that interview. He's talking about Chad Prather. My buddy Chad Prather, he's got a show on Blaze TV, and we had him on a couple weeks ago, or last week, something like that. I don't know. I don't use my memory. We had him on because he's trying to primary against Greg Abbott. Now, this guy goes on to say, you know, how do I feel about his chances and whatnot? And the reason I brought up this email, because I realized we have listeners all over the country. The reason I brought up this email is because you and I need to have a a talk about primaries a talk a talk about the future of the right about the but the future of the country and this is important hang on It is the Jesse Kelly show. Just a, just an FYI before I go on, Chris actually made himself useful for the first time ever. And he did find that slave driver story where I put my foot in my mouth that everyone seems to think is hilarious. That was on our July 21st show, July 21st show. So look, all of our podcasts are on iHeart, Google, Spotify, and iTunes. Don't forget on iTunes, leave a five-star rating and leave a review Talking about how handsome I am. That's important. What, Chris? Anyway, the question was about Chad Prather challenging Greg Abbott. And, you know, Alan West is here in Texas. He's challenging Greg Abbott. But I, I just want to talk to you for a moment about primaries. Primaries are the only battlefield for you and I right now. They're where the battle is won. You and I have had this talk a thousand times. We're going to have it a thousand more. Our huge issue right now is not the left. It's the right. The right is constantly selling us down the river. The right is constantly backing off and letting the left control the narrative. The right is constantly caving. We must get stronger on the right. That's the good news, right? That's the the bumper sticker, flowery 30,000-foot view stuff. The bad news is this, and I'm sorry, this might have to come from you. I I don't think we're going to be able to lecture and shame these people we currently have in office into being stronger. They are what they are. And you might have to run. And you might have to run against the Republican. Do you know what that's like? Let me give you a little brief window into what that's like. I don't know when the last time I told this story was, but when I got out of the Marine Corps back in '04. My folks had started a construction company about the time I joined the Marine Corps. You know, that's all we ever did was construction. Well, they'd started it, but the ground was frozen so much in Montana, they decided to move most of the operation to Arizona. Now, we did construction projects everywhere, but they moved it to Arizona. Well, I thought I was going to do you know, the construction business, family business, my whole life. So I moved it to Arizona, and during those construction projects... I was starting to get more and more into politics. The more I listened to to conservative talk radio and started reading more books. I was reading economics books like free to choose from Milton Friedman, stuff like that. And then Barack Obama runs for office. Well, I got really, really mad about that. I thought he was going to be the disaster he was for the country. And I decided I wanted to try to do something because I hate, I hate this feeling. And I know, you know what, what I'm talking about this feeling where you want something done but you don't feel like you have the power to do it? I mean, I have emails in my inbox about this right now. I want to do something. What do I do? Well, the only thing I knew how to do was run for office. He ran. He got elected. He sucked. I said, I'm running for Congress. And I'd never run for anything before, ever. And nobody in the local Republican Party, nobody in the political scene at all, none of them knew I existed. It's not like I had any level of fame or anything back then. They didn't know I existed. I just decided I'm running. And so I started running. And when I started running, it was, there wasn't any other Republicans running because Gabrielle Giffords was the Democrat holding the seat and she was popular. It wasn't thought to be that winnable of a race. Well, I was, as you can imagine, not easy to talk out of things that I want to do. Not at all. You're not going to shame me out of it. You're not going to intimidate me out of it. And the harder you try, the harder I'm going to run. That's probably a personality flaw of mine, but that's just the way it was. I I actually enjoyed telling everyone who told me I had no chance. Okay, sit back and watch. Sit back and watch. And so I ran, and I ran hard. Well, soon, Obama starts screwing everything up. Surprise, surprise. And then he passes Obamacare, knowing it was wildly unpopular. But he passed it anyway. It starts to look like it's going to be a wave year for Republicans. Well, now, the seat that wasn't that appealing before Now it was starting to look winnable. I mean, there's a chance a Republican could win this seat. Yeah, it's a Democrat district, but a Republican could win this seat. So what happened? Well, I'd been running by myself, no one else in the race for, I don't know, I'm going to mess up the time, probably four, five, six months. And when I say running, I'm at every pancake breakfast, I'm at every Rotary Club, I'm at every local Republican meeting, getting up, giving my campaign speech and sitting down. I am everywhere all the time, working nonstop at this. I'm getting endorsements from people. I'm getting endorsements from state senators, state reps. Now, endorsement you don't care about your state senator or state rep, although you should. That's a very important thing, and in fact, you should be running for state rep or state senate. We'll get to that in a moment. But I'm getting these things, and it's helping build my credibility. Back to the story. Remember, the race was starting to get winnable, starting to look better. All of a sudden, a state senator... Decides he's going to jump in. He hadn't wasn't going to do that before, but now it looks really, really winnable, and he decides he's going to jump in. And he decides he's going to jump in with all the mega-powerful Republican donors behind him. I was super, super strict on immigration. Big border hawk. Republican donors hate that, so they stayed away from me. They loved this guy, and they decided to toss all kinds of establishment re- Republican money and Republican endorsements, and everything else at him. I had been running, like I said, five, six, seven months, and had managed to raise, I think, $400,000, four $400, dollars $500,000. These numbers are going to be off because I'm doing this by memory, but there, it's pretty close to that. He has a big opening party first night. First night sends out these fancy invitations to all these mega-rich Republicans. He raises over $500,000 the first night. Night number one. And we found out about it the next day because word always gets out. And my people were all, oh, my gosh, we are screwed. And I said, no, screw him. We're running. I don't care how much money he has. We'll beat him anyway. Now, that was all the good part of it. The bad part of it for you, because we're not talking about me right now. We're talking about you. The bad part of it for you was this. After he jumped in and he started raising a bunch of money, and he was clearly going to be the guy, right? I mean, it was obvious. He's raising all the money. He's the state senator. He's experienced. He's this. He's that. He's the guy. I started getting a lot of people who were supposed to be on my side very much not on my side anymore. This state senator who had endorsed me calls, tells me, pull my endorsement. I don't want to endorse you anymore. This local Republican lady who had who had, had a fundraiser, fundraiser for me in her home. With her friends. Oh, I don't like Jesse. I don't support Jesse anymore. People you think are supposed to be with you run out on you and hate you when you challenge the establishment. I'm saying this to you for this reason. You need to get involved in a primary against whatever squishy loser Republican you have, whether it's a state senator, state rep, whether it's U.S. Congress, U.S. Senate, city council, mayor, I don't care. If he's a Republican and he's a weak loser, you need to go take him out. Not the, not the lady next door, not the guy across the street, not Bill who you work with. You need to go take him out. I know that's a lot to ask, but I've done it. I'm not asking you to do anything I haven't done. And in case you're wondering, I beat the crap out of that guy in the primary. I beat him by like seven points. But still, you have to do it. And it's going to be hard. It's going to be hard because people who are supposed to be on your team are going to tell you you have no chance. They're going to call you a traitor for going up against the Republican. They're going to mock and belittle you because the powers that be want to stay the powers that be. Nevertheless, you, not someone else, you have to do it because if you don't remake the party into something you know it should be, we have no chance. These people now, the people we have leading us now, these people are not equipped to defeat the communists. They're not. You are. You got to go do it. And I don't like saying that because I understand what that means for for a lot of you. It means money. It means hardship. It means time away from your wife, time away from your husband, time away from your kids. It means stress. It means these things. I know that. I understand I'm asking something hard, but these are hard times. Time to buck up, Buttercup. More Ask Dr. Jesse questions next. Hang on. Feeling a little stocky? Follow, like, and subscribe on social at Jesse Kelly DC. It is the Jesse Kelly Show on an Ask Dr. Jesse Friday. It has been a blast of a day, of course, as it always is. Remember this. Again, one last time before I move on to your Ask Dr. Jesse questions, I want you to remember something. I want you to remember, we can laugh, we can joke, we always will, because we can't go through our life just down and out the whole time, can we? But I want you to remember the stakes of the game. Remember the stakes of the game. Remember what you're up against. Remember who these people are and what they think about you. This is David Chipman. Remember, the quality of this audio is terrible, but this is David Chipman the guy who's probably going to be your ATF director? In their mind, uh, they might be confident. They might think that they're diehard, ready to go. But unfortunately, they're more like Tiger King. And uh, they're putting themselves and their families in danger. And so what I would suggest is for those people who were first-time gun owners, if they did go out and buy a gun, um, I would secure that gun locked and unloaded and hide it behind the cans of tuna and beef jerky that you have stored in a cabinet, and um, you know only bring that out if the zombies start to appear. Um, And I don't think they are. Never forget how they think about you. That's the seriousness of the game. Back to your emails. Dr. Steele, I don't want us to do anything. In case you're curious where the Steele thing came from, I decided I wanted a really cool middle name. So I've decided I've changed mine to Steele. In fact, I might just start going as, instead of Jesse Kelly, J. Steele Kelly. Don't shake your head, Chris. The stuff matters. Anyway, Dr. Steele, I don't want us to do anything about the slaughter in China, and I don't think we should get involved at all unless China declares war. I feel the same about WW2 and the Holocaust. I was a Marine and was blessed to never see combat, but I saw plenty of scars of friends who did. It made me sound like a monster, but the evils of the world are not our business to send our men to be maimed and slaughtered for, in my opinion. I'm a Christian, but that's just how I feel. I pray for those people, but that's where it should end. It actually brings up an interesting point. The the whole World War II thing, people have debated this in this way for a long time. It brings up an interesting point. Now, let's be clear about what happened to America in World War II. We didn't fight World War II because of the Holocaust. We didn't even know about it until we were in it. Uh, we knew Hitler hated Jews. It's not like Hitler kept that secret, but we didn't, we didn't know about it. We didn't know about the Holocaust or any of that stuff. We fought World War II, A, because the Japanese bombed us at Pearl Harbor. Everybody knows that. So clearly we're going to declare war on Japan. But B, we got involved with the Nazis and Hitler because Hitler's a moron and declared war on us. We didn't declare war on Germany. And in fact, because Germany hadn't attacked us at the time, most Americans didn't want to get involved in Germany at all. That was the American non-interventionist foreign policy, the one we were founded on. That's how America was supposed to be. Americans were all, oh, they're at war? That sucks. Uh, Not my problem. I'm not going to die over there. I'm not sending my son to die. We didn't care about Germany. Germany. But after Japan bombed us, like two weeks later, out of the blue, Hitler declared war on us. One of the dumbest things of all time. We were all, wait, what? Are you out of your mind? Okay. I mean, there's nothing we can do about that once he declares war. Once he does it, it's on. But when it comes to China, I brought this up a couple days ago in case you're wondering what uh, she was referencing there. The world hasn't really changed into some more civilized place. You and I just like to convince ourselves that it has. There are million-person concentration camps going on right now in China where there is mass death. There are terrible things happening to women. There's slave labor, people getting worked to death. It's really, really, really bad. And you don't see any, any major nation, ours included, wanting to go put a stop to it. And I'm not complaining about that. I don't want you or I or your son, your daughter, your dad, your brother, your sister. I don't want your people going over there and dying on behalf of the the Uyghur Muslims in China. I don't like that it's happening, but I don't believe we should do something about it. We've had this talk before. There are beliefs, and then there are beliefs you're willing to do something about. I believe airlines should hand out hot dogs as food. I've always believed it. Everyone loves hot dogs. Don't lie. I know you love hot dogs. Everyone loves them. They're easy. Hard to screw up. Just a very simple thing. I don't believe it enough to actually do anything about it. I don't believe it enough to even write the, the airlines an email about it. I believe in other things enough to do something about. The world hasn't changed. The world will never change because man doesn't change. Please help Dr. S.O.S. Kelly No, this should be good. I need your assistance that you are uniquely qualified to help with. I bet you money. This is about food. I'm flying into Dallas slash Fort Worth next weekend to chaperone my niece in a shooting competition. We fly in Saturday morning and fly out Sunday evening. I figure I only have time for one good meal. Knowing you are an expert orderer. Is that a word, Chris? Do I ask you that a lot? That's hilarious. And obsessed over food like myself, I need to know, where should I go with my 17-year-old niece for a good meal that I cannot get in Minnesota, and what should we order? All right, in Dallas, Texas. Well, I'm I'm torn on this one for these two reasons. People don't, from around the country do not understand how superior Texas Mexican food is to other Mexican food around the country. Why are you holding your hands up, Chris? Chris is such a Houston homer. Dallas Mexican food is just as good as Houston's Mexican food. What is wrong with you? Okay, so let's set Chris's idiocy aside for a moment. Texas's Mexican food is better than your area's Mexican food. I am, actually, and I'm not being insulting. And I've had Mexican food in Arizona. I've had Mexican food in New Mexico. I've had Mexican food in California. Anywhere you have large populations of Mexicans, you're gonna have lots of Mexican food options. And I've had Mexican food in all those places. Texas's Mexican food is superior to that. I don't know why. It's probably because Tex-Mex goes a little heavy on the cheese. I don't know, but Tex-Mex is so good. <sighs> I almost think you either have to eat at Uncle Julio's. You'll see an Uncle Julio's up in Dallas. You'll know what I'm talking about. Or go to one of two Papa's Brothers restaurants. There are, there are these brothers, obviously the Papa's Brothers, and they have a bunch of different restaurant chains. They have steakhouses, Mexican, Cajun seafood, so on and so forth. You either should eat at Papa Cito's. Get their, get their shrimp rochette. In case you don't know what shrimp brochette is, they're this, huge fit, uh, uh, shrimp. they're this huge shrimp with a jalapeno pepper stuffed in them, and then cheese stuffed in them, and then wrapped in bacon, and they bring it out with this sizzling butter that you dip them in. It's maybe the best thing ever. My mouth is starting to water on the air. I'm going to have to be careful here. Either eat at Papacito's or eat at Papado's. P-A-P-P-A-D-E-A-U-X. It's a Cajun thing. You will not be disappointed. Oh, great Oracle, Dr. J. Steele Kelly. Gavin Newsom or Governor Cuomo? Who was the worst governor? He says I can read his name. His name is Mike from New York. Mike, I have an answer for you. Hang on. the Jesse Kelly show final hour on an ask Dr. Jesse Friday. We have still stacks of questions to get to. I will get to them as quickly as humanly possible. Let's get back to the one I was just asked. Who's a worse governor, Newsom or Cuomo? I struggle on this one for this reason alone. Gavin Newsom managed to prompt an exodus from paradise. And I understand it's popular on the right to criticize California. And believe me, California deserves it. However, I have spent a lot of time in California. It is paradise. I love it. Absolutely love the place. I hate it. That Gavin Newsom managed to find a way to make paradise so miserable, people would say, you know, I'm moving. I can't take it anymore. Nobody moves out of paradise. And yet that scumbag managed to make it happen. However, Cuomo. Cuomo killed a lot of people. I mean, and realize I know you already know this. This would be a huge, huge national scandal. If this was a Republican, Andrew Cuomo is directly responsible for thousands of New Yorkers dying. I've asked Chris this before on the air. I'll ask you. Tell me another governor in the history of America who's more directly responsible for slaughtering his own citizens than Andrew Cuomo. I looked into it. I mean, I thought about it. I was combing through the history books, and I don't mean an accident or, or this, you know, this or that. I mean directly responsible. Andrew Cuomo said, you, coronavirus patient, oh, you have COVID? Too bad. Make your way back to the nursing home where all the vulnerable people are. And they died by the truckload. And not only, not only did Andrew Cuomo not get busted for that, he made 5.1 million dollars on a book, bragging about his leadership during coronavirus. You can't, you can't make that up. You can't make that up. It's astounding what being part of the system can do for you. So, which governor do you pick? Do you pick the one who destroyed paradise, or the one who killed thousands of his own people? I don't want to give a mealy-mouth answer here, so I'm going to say it's Newsom. But my goodness, we have we have so many listeners in New York. Somebody out there lost their grandma, and they're going to write in and say, it's Andrew Cuomo, and I can't say you're wrong. I definitely can't say you're wrong. The feminist movement, this is another email, by the way. The feminist movement is the source of women inaccurately thinking their ultimate satisfaction is in the workplace. I am 42, and my mom always taught me to never count on men for anything. I believed it. But the most satisfaction I ever had is raising my two children, homeschooling them, keeping my house and garden, and supporting my husband in his career. Women need to hear this from other women, but also from men. And she goes on and says, Oracle, you read an email from a listener comparing you to Rush. He was always my go-to podcast, always felt much more enlightened and emboldened after listening. Your impressive weaving of snark and truth bombs have the same effect. Keep speaking the truth. I am not Rush Limbaugh. Let me clarify that once again. You get one Rush Limbaugh in your lifetime. Be grateful you had him. You're never going to have have another one. I'm I'm flattered. Thank you. I'm not Rush Limbaugh. That's one. Two. Let's have a talk about hard truths. Let's talk about women and men. Fellas. We live in a world now that tells us what? We live in a world that tells us we're supposed to be weak, stupid oafs who just, just, you know, look, you're just a stupid man. Just do what, just do what almighty woman wants. I'm telling you right now, fellas, lead, lead your household, lead your nation, Look down, find a pair, and lead. Your job is to lead. Doesn't make you better. You're not better. God made us all different. We have different roles. Go lead. Ladies, what she said there couldn't possibly be more true. I don't care how much society has poured poison into your head. Look, if you want to have a career, I know I joke about that stuff, go have a career. My goodness, many of the most successful people I know are women. Go. That's fine. Don't convince yourself, though, that somehow will make you happier and more fulfilled than taking care of your family. Than taking care of your family. If you want to be a woman who stays home like this lady said and cooks and cleans and takes care of her garden and go do it. You're just as successful as the Fortune 500 CEO, if not more so. Go. We need you there. Those kids need guidance, not from the daycare, not from the television set, from you. They need their mother's guidance. Your husband needs you. He needs your help. He needs your support. And it's weird because society doesn't tell us this, right? It's weird. He he's going to take joy in leading you appropriately and believe it or not, because society tells you the opposite. You're going to take joy when you make him dinner. You're going to take joy when you suck it up and go out on the limb with him every once in a while. You are, you're going to take joy in it. It doesn't sound like it, right? How could it be fun to make someone dinner? and uh, do the laundry. That doesn't sound fun, and I'm not saying it's fun. You're going to find satisfaction in it. You want to go have a career, go have a career. Again, there's no judgment in that. Uh, So many people in my own family have chosen that route. Go, go have a career. My wife had one for a long time. Don't think that that is the way you have to go because that's what society tells you. I can't tell you how many emails I've gotten from women. I stay home. I stay home. I've never been happier. I was lied to. I was lied to. I was lied to. Stay home. Help your family. If you can afford to do so and you have a desire to do so, stay home. Don't you dare feel obligated to go to work. I have to be a career woman. Otherwise, I'm less. You're not less. You're different. We're all built Different, made for different things. That's why I get so adamant about uh, uh, women in the military. I've talked about this a a ton, and I understand it offends people. I don't care. It's not my job. I'm not not your mommy. I'm your daddy. It's not my job to, to, to not offend you. Why do you think, look at women, and then look at men. Why do you think my shoulders are bigger? My hips are bigger. I have more muscle. I have more lung capacity. I have all these things. Why do you think that is? Because God made me the man. He gave me a role to protect, not just my family, to protect my nation. That is the role of a man. And God made women and men. I know you're going to find this shocking. He made them so they'd be attracted to each other. You can't put women on a deployed naval vessel for six months at a time without having complete disarray and disaster. You'll never hear about that, and you'll never have a single elected Republican who will come out and say that. But it's true. It's true. All my buddies in the Navy reinforce this fact. It's a disaster. It's pregnancy city, drama city. It's a complete and other disaster. Women in forward-deployed combat units have no place there. None. 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 You don't need to mix women and men together, not because women are bad, not because men are bad, because we're different. We're built differently. We're built for different things, and that's okay. Being different is just fine. All right. We have to address two important issues. One, Joe Biden and coronavirus. Two, nuts and dessert. This is going to get extremely heavy, but... We're going to address nuts coming up in just a second, but first, I don't need to do anything to scare you anymore into waking you up about our current economic situation. You know it's bad. You you see the debt. You see the inflation numbers. You see they're not even denying that inflation is going to continue for a while. They're not even pretending, ah, oh, this will be gone next month. The value of your dollar is going down. I don't want you to do anything crazy. I don't want you to do anything drastic. I don't. Here's what I want you to do. I want you to call Oxford Gold Group and just take some simple steps to protect yourself. 833-995-GOLD. That's 833-995-GOLD. Make sure you tell them Jesse told you to call. They've promised to take care of my listeners. They have. Get some real gold and silver in your hands. Not a piece of paper real gold and silver. I just want you to be safe. 833-995-GOLD. Call Oxford Gold Group today for gold you can hold. You're listening to The Jesse Kelly Show. You're welcome. the jesse kelly show if you have strong feelings about my women on naval vessels or in forward combat units you're welcome to email in your love your hate your death threat your ask dr jesse questions are all welcome jesse at i read all your emails they all go right to chris he prints every one of them off for me i read every one i'm not responding i get way too many of them i also have a phone number the show has a phone number i could give it out to you right now and you could call into the show but i'm not going to I'm not going to because you will ruin it. Listener call-ins to shows oftentimes torpedo the show. I don't want to hear, hi, Jesse. I don't want to hear how much you love me, how much you love the show. I don't want you to ask how I am. I don't care. I want you to be as rude as humanly possible. You, you can call into the show as soon as you can call in and talk like me. What do I mean by that? Direct to the point and with no regard to people's feelings whatsoever. Call in. Answer the phone. And I don't, I'm don't. i not saying agree with me either. I don't care if you disagree. Call. Answer the phone. And I say, we're going to go to uh, Larry in Indianapolis. And Larry's going to say, Jesse, you're an absolute nutcase. Women should absolutely be in the Navy. You're crazy. You're disrespecting my wife. I hate all this. That's totally fine. At least Larry got to the freaking point. Get to the point. Right off the bat, get to the point. Dr. Jesse, is Joe Biden the number one reason COVID infections are rapidly increasing? And how many Americans is Joe Biden killing? Joe Biden is letting mobs of unvaccinated illegal foreigners infected with COVID walk across the southern border. And Joe Biden is buying plane and bus tickets for COVID-infected, unvaccinated illegal foreigners and spreading them across America. Look, he's right. I mean, this doesn't prove anything, though. Here's what, here's what this proves. Here's what this proves. It doesn't prove that Joe Biden is responsible for COVID. What it proves is this. It proves what I've told you all along. None of the people, none of the people telling you to worry about coronavirus are worried about coronavirus. Coronavirus. Joe Biden can get up there with his mask town hall and mask this and mask that and make sure you get the vaccine. If you don't, everyone's going to die and everyone needs to be vaccinated. coronavirus. And ah, you can get up there all day long. But as long as you have the southern border wide open, you've told me how much you care about coronavirus. Not at all. The border's open because Joe Biden doesn't care about coronavirus. He's not worried about it. He's not worried about getting it. He's not worried about you getting it. Nancy Pelosi got busted in a hair salon without a mask, not because she's a hypocrite, because Nancy Pelosi's not worried about coronavirus. Dr. Burks, remember her? Don't travel. Don't you dare travel. I think it was Thanksgiving. Don't travel over Thanksgiving. People may die. Do you care about your loved ones? I'm a doctor. Don't travel. Boom. Dr. Burks busted traveling with her parents, not because she's a hypocrite. She's not worried about coronavirus. Gavin Newsom busted in a restaurant just after he shuts down restaurants. Not because he's a hypocrite, because he's not worried about coronavirus. Cuomo, mask up. New Yorkers are dying. Why won't you just wear a mask? Busted at a party like 15 minutes later. No mask. Not just no mask. Doing the Cuomo thing. Shaking hands, kissing babies, hugging people, patting them on the back. Not because he's a hypocrite, because he's not worried about coronavirus. You see, what we live in now, we live in this completely fake society where they can create false things out of thin air and they can push them and push them and push them and push them from every part of our society. And so people, people will be forced to act like they believe the lies. Nobody wants to get up to the microphone right now. Nobody, no one wants to get up to the microphone and say, I don't think coronavirus is that deadly. So I'm not worried about it. Nobody wants to be that guy. Nobody does. Nobody wants to be the guy to step up and say, uh, well, we have a year and a half of data, and I think uh, old people, especially old people with pre-existing conditions, I think they should take a lot of extra precautions when it comes to coronavirus, but they should live their lives how they see fit. Uh, I think fat people, if you're really fat right now, I think you should really work hard to get yourself in, in better shape not because I'm judging you, but because we've, we've known, we've seen now that if you're really fat, you're going to be in, at danger. You're, you're at risk from coronavirus, and I think everyone else should just go about and live their lives normally. What I just said there is the most data-backed thing anybody could possibly say right now. And if any politician got up and said that, Republican or Democrat, they'd be killed. They'd be absolutely murdered for it. They would be treated like Stalin. For saying what I just said. And what I just said is not only a common sense thing. Here's the kicker. It's a common sense thing most of these people know. They just don't want to talk about it. Because it's become so radical. So out there to have a stance like that. These people won't talk about it. We can't We can't have simple truths about anything anymore. Anything. Nothing. They've destroyed truth. There is so much cr- cultural rot in our system now. They've destroyed truth. Ah, uh, you can change genders. What? That's What are you talking about? What you, that, that's insane. Your gender, it's, it was determined by your DNA. It was determined before you were born. What? Don't be a bigot. Yes, you can. What are you talking about? That's the most anti-science thing in the world. You can change your gender. I pl- there are 57 genders. There are two. We, we, again, we have the DNA and, and we have all of, all of human history to back this up. But basic truths now, basic truths are now treated as radical and bigotry. When I say things, like I just talked about women in the military, women shouldn't be in forward combat units. That is, that is against women. That's, a, that's misogynistic. Okay, well, we have study after study after study. They don't have the muscle mass. They don't have the lung capacity. Even if they manage to get through the training initially, because they don't have the muscle mass in the hips and the knees for it, their bodies simply break down too fast. They're just a walking injury. You see, you can survive three weeks of training, four weeks of training, three months of training to see if you can get through it. Maybe you hit the weights hard. Maybe you're ready to go as a woman and you get through it. But that doesn't change the fact them knees of yours ain't made for it. Those hips aren't made for it. Those back, that back of yours isn't made for it. I'm huge. I'm 6'8", 230. I'm built to do that stuff, to put on heavy packs and go on long humps and do brutal things to my body. I only did four years. I'm not one of these lifelong warriors like so many of you. I only did four years. Four years active duty military. My knees hurt. And I'm big. Big. And I could hump a lot of weight. I have strong hips. Sometimes my hip hurts a little bit. And I'm not one of these five 120-pound five, women throwing on 80 pounds a gear thinking you're going to hump it somewhere for a long period of time and just wreck your body. That's not misogyny. That's just simply reality. That's science. That's biology. That's life. That's how it works. But you can't say simple truths like that anymore. The truth is Joe Biden lets people pour across the border, not because he's a hypocrite, because Joe Biden is not concerned at all about coronavirus. And that's, that's tough for people to understand because they're always on TV talking about coronavirus. How could you? Joe Biden isn't worried about it. All right. Nuts in the dessert. Hang on. I am the Frito Bandido. Hey, I like Frito's corn chips. I love them, I do. I want Frito's corn chips. I'll get them from you. Ay- oh, it's such I a beautiful died. song here on the oh, Jesse Kelly Show. And I can't stop laughing because I already know. I already know what's going to happen. Every time we play the great Frito Bandido song here on our show, the email inbox blows up with people cursing at me, And calling me names because the song gets stuck in your head all day long. It's not my fault. You can't just accept and acknowledge greatness. (laughs) All right. Let's hit some heavy news here. Dr. The Food Critic Jesse, you are absolutely right about fish. One, I am right about fish. And don't don't even jump in here, Chris. Sit there and stay out of this. What I said about fish is this. And I'm 100% right. And I don't care. I don't care that you don't that you don't acknowledge my truth, all right? You don't like fish. Nobody likes fish. I I know what you're saying right now. Yeah, I do, Jesse. Yeah, you should have my grandma's deep-fried cra- uh, catfish with uh, crawfish etouffee over it. No, you don't like fish. You like how fish is prepared. You know how I know this? Because what do you say? What do you say when you bite into a fish that's bad. What do you say? What do you say it tastes like? Every single one of you, what do you say? You say this tastes what? Fishy. Hmm, that's weird. I have never in my lifetime bitten into a steak and said to myself, Ugh, this is too beefy. I've never bitten into chicken and said to myself, "Oh, whoa, whoa, way too chickeny. You like fish, so why does it taste too fishy for you? It tastes too fishy for you because you don't like fish. You like a bland piece of meat that is prepared in some special way. Do I sit down at a fish fry and eat some fish? Yeah, of course. It's not because I like fish. I like something that's drowning in spicy beer batter while I hammer butt heavies on a Sunday. I don't like fish, though. You know how I know? I just told you how I know and you know I'm right and I know I'll get pushed back on this and Chris, you can shake your head all you want. I'm absolutely right. Two, she says, I disagree with you on nuts in the dessert, but I know others who agree. So it's not that weird. Listen, stop nutting the dessert. Rule number one, never nut the dessert. Your nuts, keep your nuts out of my brownies. Is there anything worse than somebody bringing a tray of brownies to work or something and you take that first bite and you get a big walnut or something like that in your mouth? Get your nuts out of my brownies. Get your nuts out of my sundae. I mean, what's better than an ice cream sundae with the chocolate syrup or strawberry syrup and all these other things and then you take a bite and there's just someone's nuts in it? It's awful. Get your nuts out of my dessert now and forever. Mr. Oracle Frito Bandito, just when I thought I couldn't fall deeper in love with you, you referenced the best movie ever, The Big Lebowski. You're amazing. You can say my name. His name is Eric. Big Lebowski is hilarious. Absolutely hilarious. Oh, we have another one. What do you, who do you identify most with from The Big Lebowski, the dude or Walter? <laughs> Everyone knows I'm Walter. Everybody knows I'm Walter. There's no way I could play off as the dude. And what's funny is, I'm Walter because I, uh, I'm i rude and abrasive and a bit direct. Probably a little loud at times that I can't control. Shut up, Chris. Probably a little loud at times. What's funny is my best buddy, Luis, he's the dude. He's the most laid-back person in the world, and it drives me nuts. I could murder him. Hey, we're going to leave and go to dinner at 7. I'll pull up at seven. He's not even dressed yet. What are you doing? Oh, yeah, I'll get to it. No, man. I just, I can't stand it. And the matter, I get, the funnier he thinks it is. Jerk. Jesse, the Texas Democrats have been a complete embarrassment for the past few weeks, and I expect them to take heavy losses through the next election cycle. What is the likelihood they blame voter suppression laws on their failures? Understand something. Yes. Texas Democrats with that stunt, they've gotten all this national publicity from it. Remember the Texas Democrats just packed up and illegally left and went to DC and they're bragging about it on social media and it looks terrible, but you have to understand this about the communists. You and I both do. Cause I get tra- caught in this trap sometime too, because the communists are so devout. They don't care as much as Republicans do about elections They care about winning for communism. Barack Obama. When Barack Obama passed Obamacare, he knew they had all the poll numbers that showed him this is a deeply unpopular law. The American people want nothing to do with this law. If you pass this law in your first two years as president, you are going to lose the House of Representatives likely for the rest of your presidency, and not get to pass another major piece of, uh, of of legislation. Barack Obama knew that; he knew it, and he passed it anyway. Why? The communist is more committed to destroying America than he is to winning elections. That's part of the reason they're so successful. Joe Biden's administration has been, by any measure... Now, I'm a right-wing hack. I don't pretend to be bipartisan, but by any measure, it's been a disaster, right? Southern borders open, foreign policy sucks, inflation's through the roof. I mean, all these foreign hackers, it's just thing after thing after thing after thing has gone downhill for Joe Biden. It's been a disaster. They know that. They know already. They know they're going to take losses, probably heavy losses in the midterms. And yet they're not only not slowing down, they're currently trying to ram through a massive $4 trillion bill that'll be so unpopular it will guarantee they lose even more seats after the midterms. They know all this. It's not like this is news to them. They're not stupid. They're insane, but they're not stupid. They know all this. And yet they're going to do it anyway because the Democrat cares more about wrecking America than the Democrat cares about getting reelected. It's their great strength. Republicans, Republicans care about getting elected. That's why every single time you've asked your Republican representative to do something, do something about this, stop this. Why won't you do something Pass this? Stop them from passing that. Every single time you have demanded that, your Republicans let you down. Why? What's their excuse every single time? Oh, I would, but we've got a midterm coming up. Ooh, I would, but let's take care of that after the election. Look, we have to raise the debt ceiling. We have an election coming. Look, I can't address that abortion bill. We have an election coming. No, we can't secure the southern border. That'll look hateful when we have an election coming. But Chris is right. Chris said those donor emails always keep coming. Oh, you bet they do. Look at Lindsey Graham fighting for us and $50 today. Of course they do. Republicans care about winning elections. Democrats care about wrecking the country. One side is more committed. Jay Steele, author. (laughs) What a jerk. In case you're wondering what he's talking about, they've long been asking me to write a book. I don't want to write a book. Two reasons for this. One, I despise writing, and I mean hate it. I can talk for hours on end, as you know, and we, we're just talking, we're just having fun here, right? You and I, we're sitting down having fun here, and I can do this, and there are no, there's never any nerves. It's, it doesn't bother me. If I were to sit down, if I were to go home after work tonight and I were to go sit down and I were to have to write a thousand word piece for the Federalist or something, I would be sick to my stomach by the time I sat down. That's how much I hate writing. That's one. And two, everybody writes a book, but the powers that be, they really want me to write a book. I have an issue with this. A major issue with this, and that's that I don't want to use a ghostwriter. It feels dishonest. Well, he brings up a point about the ghostwriter, and I think I should probably address that. I'll try to get through the rest of your Ask Dr. Jesse questions. Hang on. I've got an animal inside of me. This is Jesse Kelly. You're listening to The Jesse Kelly Show. Jesse Kelly Show, one final segment on an Ask Dr. Jesse Friday. Back to the book thing real quick. They want me to write a book. I'm going to write a book. I'm not going to use a ghostwriter because it's... Everyone does it. I understand everyone does it. And it's not like I would ever fall back on morals of any kind. But it feels dishonest. It feels like it's dishonest, so I'm not going to do it. Now you can look for this book to be released about 2025 because that's how long it's going to take me to write that much, but I'll write one this is I'll figure out if it's going to be good. His second point was this, maybe you can start another TV show. I know you're busy, so maybe a once a month special where like Guy Fieri, you go to your favorite restaurants and just tell everybody what and how to order. Then talk about the food as it is brought to you. You could title the show The Menu Whisperer. It would be a smash hit. (laughs) One, I've actually thought about that before. It would be fun to do like a food critic television show. The problem is now I don't have time. That's the problem now. I don't have time. I have an hour-long TV show every day. It's on the first TV in case you're looking for it. Nine o'clock Eastern. The first TV is my, my, my TV show. I obviously have this three-hour show every single night. I also have to do a separate hour every single day. The first hour of my show on WOR is a separate hour I record. So that, I don't think I've ever told you that. That's five hours I have to talk every day. And I just don't have enough time between all the meetings and stuff that take place. I just don't have time for everything. Like my history podcast that I do once a week, keep in mind that's coming. We're just working through the technical issues at the moment. Um My history podcast that I have to do once a week or that I want to do once a week, I would probably do two or three of those a week, but I don't have time. I just don't have time. By the time Friday rolls around, it's just the week is done and I'm out of time. All right, moving on. Do you, Dr. Jesse, do you remember your strategy for taking a saltwater crocodile again? I couldn't find the podcast on that and I needed another good laugh. Well, that's not very nice. That's not very nice to laugh when I'm out here imparting the wisdom and giving you guys the tools you need. What, Chris? Giving you guys the tools you need to take down nature. I said if you're ever attacked, because somebody had asked me, because clearly I know, I said if you're ever attacked by a saltwater crocodile, the mistake people make is they swim away or try to get away. That's what he wants you to do. That's what he thinks you're going to do. Instead of swimming away from the crocodile – dive into the crocodile's mouth and then strangle his throat from the inside. It'll be too fast. He won't see it coming. You will be wearing crocodile skin boots the rest of your life. Sorry for trying to help. All-knowing Shogun, you've done your list of top five chips in the past, but shamefully you've neglected to give us your top five favorite cookies. I've never given out a list of top five favorite cookies because there really aren't that many great cookies, and I'm a cookie freak. I will simply leave you with this little tidbit of advice before I get to the headlines I didn't get to today. The greatest cookies on the planet. Do you know where they're found? Do you want to know where you can find the greatest cookies on the planet? Subway. Don't shake your head, Chris. Don't. I, I, I see you shaking your head. Go in and get some cookies from Subway. Get chocolate chip, get oatmeal oatmeal raisin, whatever kind. I'm not joking. On my life, I'm not doing a bit here. I'm not doing a bit here. The best cookies on the planet are from Subway. I don't know why. I don't know if they're putting crack in these things, but they are so good, I can't walk in a Subway without getting their cookies. Now, let's get to some headlines I didn't get to. White House and CDC wonder... Is it time to start recommending masks for vaccinated people again? Well, I can't imagine why there's so much vaccine hesitancy out there now. That's one and two. Do you think we're listening to your recommendations still? Anyone who's listening to the White House and CDC recommendations, has already gone and done all these things. They're already wearing masks 24 hours a day, and they have their masks on their kids, and they've had 19 different vaccinations, and they're getting hand sanitizer enemas every single night. These people are already doing all this. The people who are willing to listen to, to the CDC at this point, they're already vaccinated, trust me. Headline, Hawaii hires Democratic lobbyist Tony Podesta. After being condemned by former President Trump, Chinese tech giant Hawaii has enlisted the help of Tony Podesta and their help to win over the Biden administration. The corruption never stops. And the Venn diagram of China and the Biden administration is a single circle. And until you wrap your mind around that and what that means, well, you're never going to fully understand why they're going to do everything they're going to do for four years They're not being soft on China by accident. Headline, giving up our rights as U.S. citizens. Texas mayor predicts 2 million illegal immigrants will cross the border in 2021. I want to clarify this for you, not that I'm trying to sign off on a bad note here, but I want to clarify this for you again. The communist does not look at the destructive nature of his policies and feels bad. The whole religion is a religion of domination and destruction. That's what communism is. It's just a religion of domination and destruction. When you point out to Democrats, they're destroying America, that these illegal immigrants are bringing in disease, they're trashing schools, they're trashing hospitals, it's remaking communities with people who have no loyalty to the country. When you point all these things out to Democrats, it's like having a chef make you a meal and then pointing out to him how good the meal tastes. They know this is wrecking America. Not only do they not care, that's the point. They're doing it specifically because it wrecks America. The Biden administration, the border is wide open. They're pouring in. They're pouring in with disease. The border is totally uncontrolled. We have criminals all across America now. Absolute criminals who have no right to be here across America. And you point this out to the Biden administration. It's not that they don't know that. They know that. They just don't care. Always remember what you're up against. And remember, run in a primary. Now, keep your chin up. Go have some laughs this weekend. Enjoy yourself. We'll be back swinging away again on Monday. That's all.